Let's have a look at this slide. And remember everybody, this interview is three friends talking about what's happening to our money, to your money, to the money system in New Zealand and in the world. But look at this. Have you seen this? If you earned $100, paid $33 income tax, you're left with $67. You buy $67 worth of fuel, you pay 48% fuel tax. That's $32.16 plus $6.70 GST. So the sum of all that, a simple transaction that you need every week in your life, means the government has just received $71.86 of tax from your hard-earned $100. And as this post says, let's see how much this can get. So I thought today I would call in two friends, Jonathan and Ian, both of whom understand what's going on with money, and one of whom actually can help Kiwis get into the gold system to shore up and make sure you've got a little safety basket if you're needing that. So welcome to you both. It's good to be here, Liz. Lovely to have you here. And Ian, I'd like to start with you telling me about the Gold Exchange Wellington, where you work. Tell me what you do, first of all. Yeah, so we run a business uh, which is also part of um, New Zealand Gold Merchants, which uh, Jonathan's got a lot of experience with himself, personally. Um, if you're in in and around sort of the upper North Island, Auckland area, you'd, you'd probably be going to that part of the company. And if you're down sort of South Island, lower North Island, you'd be looking to um, the Gold Exchange Wellington Limited, which is in Lambton Quay. Now, what you're able to do with us is walk on in, have a chat, um, get a feeling for, you know, the sort of money you might sort of hand over or want to get into gold or silver. It can be as little as you like or as much as you like, really. Um, the difference there would be is that you're diversifying a bit of um, your assets, or your money, uh, and putting it into like what would be like a safe area. I think if you're looking at gold and or silver, you're looking at money that you're not going to need in a hurry for anything. It's it's a nice, safe place to put it. You get the knowledge that it's very liquid. Uh, the reason I say it like that is because over the last few years in particular, you've seen people move money out of term investments because one, you weren't getting very much. The other is if you want to hop on another opportunity and you need that bit of money, you've got tucked aside in term investment, you you're at least a month away from being able to get it out for starters, let alone the penalties if you're trying to move on it quickly. Whereas if you go pick up your gold and or silver and either walk into a place like ours or go to a refinery or a mint and say, right, I want to unload this, you're pretty much going to be able to unload it that day and get your money that day. And that's that whole meaning of that term liquid. So it means if you, mm. if you quickly need to, to get it out in an emergency, you can. I'm going to reiterate here, Ian, and we did say this at the beginning, but we are not offering financial advice. This is nothing official. This is three friends who are talking yep. about what we're all understanding about the, the shakes the world is beginning to go through, the shudders and shakes on the financial system. And I just said to these two friends, let's have a talk that can help Kiwis, A, understand, and B, give some sense of there are safe things you can do. There are measures you can take. There are things you can learn to feel more powerful so that you're not so dependent on what will they do? What will the government do next? We mm. want people to feel powerful as friends, but this is not official financial advice. That's the caveat I, I issue for anyone watching this. Yeah. Okay, Ian, so take us back. So I come in, I say, look, I've got a few savings, I wish, um, mm. <laughs> in a theoretical world when I'm yeah. not doing volunteer work. Um, I, I've got a few savings that I'm not using on my day-to-day -day expenses. I'd like to put it into gold because I think that the way the economy is being run by this government is making a very shaky national economy. So you say, yep, we can quickly put that in. What's yep. the advantage? What, what is it about gold that has always had this, this ring to it? Yeah. So historically, if we look at gold, um, if a, a country or a, a state or a, a a mint was to take in some gold, they would then be able to print money. If you didn't have the gold, you couldn't print the money. 
That was called the gold standard, wasn't it? That's right. So it had to be backed. And if you didn't have the gold sitting there matching the amount of money out in circulation, you you weren't able to do that. That all changed. So we are printing money out of thin air. So that's been going on for a while. Wait a minute. I'm going to stop you there. So if I was a really deeply irresponsible government who didn't really care about the future debt burdened onto future generations, I would say, oh, no, I don't want the gold standard because that makes me very responsible. I can only print enough to, to be counterbalanced by the gold that we have in our government coffers. Mm. If I was irresponsible, I'd go, I'll throw that out and I'll just go to a printing machine and I'll yep. print a whole lot of money. Nobody yeah. will know. It'll all just circulate. What happens then if, if an irresponsible government does that? Yeah, so obviously eventually it has to come to an end. Um, they will... Uh, I guess, keep printing because that's what they know. That's uh, the easy way out. So going back to what you were saying about walking into and asking about getting into gold or silver, if I had a dollar for every time someone did that, yep, I'd be doing really well just out of that alone. What's really good about that side of things is, is people suddenly realising just it's not that that hard to do it's it's something they they've wanted to do they've thought it's going to be arduous or hard a hard task it's actually not that hard to do it really is putting some money into a very safe place um again not giving advice there's lots of other options and investment out there um you know i that aside i worked for the stock uh, in stock exchange data for 10 years so uh a lot of experience and I was there in 2008 working there when it, um, there was a crash, uh, got to experience that. And part of uh, running a business like that is there's always the precious metal side of the business as well. And diversification was always a, a big thing. So when, when your shares might be really wobbling along with the world economy because business is wobbling because everything's being badly run, Gold seems to hold its value. And it's all about supply and demand, isn't it? There, there's always demand for gold. So gold yep. holds up. Yep, yep. It's, it's always going to be there for you. It's, it's always a, a safe knowledge. Now, if you've, got a, if you've gotten into and purchased a bunch of uh, gold and or silver, the thing is, even if it's not the best time to be selling the gold or silver because it is down. It's, it's often very relative to what's going on around you anyway. So if you spent $3,000 on an ounce of gold and there was a crash of the gold down to $1,500, you probably find it's going to do the same amount of work for you that $3,000 was doing before that because everything's come down to it. Everything right. around uh, It stays relative. So it's still mm. a nice solid thing, even if it's intrinsic value right now, it's lower because of the crash. So, so let's get back to that, that story I was painting of an irresponsible government keeps printing money and they're just waiting for somebody to say, hey, this is all built on basically a Ponzi scheme. Jonathan, I'm leaving you out at the moment because I really want mm -hmm. to dig in a bit with Ian, but you're going to take us through a series of slides that explains a kind of Ponzi scheme that we're in, aren't you? Correct, correct. Good. So we'll, we'll dig into this a bit deeper. But say we have this hyperinflation from a government printing money. You said eventually it has to come to an end. Why? And what usually brings it to an end, Ian? Uh, basically, there's only so many uh, resources or things you can rely on, you know, like um, Jonathan will get more into it with the charts and things, but like we, we used to have the gold and then print the money. There's a, something solid back in it. So, yeah. Nothing could go sort of uh, too much out of whack. But when you get, you know, a government, uh, like the American government, say, needing to print billions of dollars, they'll do it on futures of, say, maybe the, the amount of wheat they're going to produce over the next three years. So we'll print the money based on that. But what if there's a natural disaster and suddenly the, the wheat's not there? You've, you've based it on a future that's, well, it's not happened yet. Can we count Joe Biden as a natural disaster? <laughs> I think he's an unnatural disaster, but that's yeah. an aside. So that's that's the point. Gold maintains its value. Before we move to Jonathan, and he'll explain some of these concepts more deeply through his slides, 
just tell me what the physical the physical journey of that is so i hand over my money do you mm. give me physical gold do i then have to go and dig a hole in my garden and hide it somewhere how do i manage this what's the yes. management of it for safety right so there are there are options and it's actually very uh, good that you mentioned about the physical side because what you have out there in the world is a lot of uh, what they call paper gold and silver and there are times when you're watching the gold and or silver price dropping in a weird sort of a way because we deal in the physical so if, yes you come in uh, if we have the product there on the spot and you pay us you walk away with it straight away um, if it's uh, we're low on stock and we need to get some in you pay us that locks everything in and then we let you know it's here to come and pick up we leave uh, um, I mean our Auckland um, New Zealand gold merchants in Auckland offers that uh, they will hold it for you as well um, what they would hold it in a safe for me yeah my... yeah so literally there are advantages that too you could be in another part of the world and want to uh, or need some money quickly and you you'll make a contact with them and say right well can you as an example take fifty thousand of my gold and put fifty thousand dollars into my bank account they can do that there's a there's a fee obviously for storage and insurance and all that sort of stuff our wellington branch doesn't do that we, we totally are the physical you take away you you deal with digging holes in the backyard or uh, yeah. <laughs> what two <laughs> things that arise there for me how do we know the honesty of you in a world the honesty of your organization in a world and a government in new zealand certainly that has been shown up as lying to us oh. as not being honorable and a lot of con yeah. people out there a lot of yeah. people acting dishonorably how do we check how on okay. honorable and ethical you are not just yeah. your personal business. Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. And that is a, a, a big deal uh, because, uh, like you say, um, we, see, we, we see fake gold. It, it exists. Um, and we see it from sometimes people who come in and uh, say to us, I want to sell you this gold. Uh, now, whether 50% of that is someone trying to uh, rip us off, which is near impossible, um, in fact, impossible, um, or they've genuinely be being ripped off themselves is because wherever there's money to be made, someone's going to try and rip someone off. Which is uh, horrendous, which is not the New Zealand we used to be. And I think we can get better than we are now, but we need good leadership. That's my aside. But do yeah. you have very good ways to check the quality of the gold? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So firstly, the experience we have, um, me and my co-worker Aidan, who are the, the ones that deal in the Wellington branch of uh, supplying the gold and the silver. You've got all the testing equipment anyway, but you could hold up a, a fake piece of gold and a good piece of gold and maybe stand a few metres away and we'll pick it. Then we'll show you on the machines. Yeah, it, that's just experience. Uh, but it, it, is, it is super important because, uh, and that's another reason why I think it's really important that you're actually taking, in our opinion, taking the gold and the silver yourself. You've got it. You're dealing with it. I mean, if things turn really bad in, in the future here, uh, people have a tendency to look after themselves. And if someone's, you know, potentially someone you can't trust is, is holding the gold and or silver for you, then that, that I think that's quite risky. Um, and I think a lot of people are frankly feeling that about banks. Banks have become very, look, my experience is banks have become arrogant. They are not serving the customer. They treat us as, treat us as if we are lucky to even get our own money out. They're um, not that. listening. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a real problem with banking at the moment. And people are talking about it. Like, I don't want to leave my money in there where someone isn't beholden to me. I'm the customer. That's the very reason these banks exist. They seem now to be beholden to the government and its demands. And we're all seeing that the government's been letting us down. So that's a side issue. Yeah. I, want to, I want to be treated as an adult, responsible what can I do with that money when I bring it, with that gold, when I bring it home, Ian? What are, what are some of the options? Yeah, so ultimately you, you need a super safe place to put it, um, whether that's just a really good hiding place that you have, whether it's you, that you have a decent safe. Uh, you can be using a third party, which is a, um, a vault or a storage. There is a good one in Wellington uh, called the vault. Uh, again, though, uh, remember that that means that it's, actually housed with someone else, uh, yes. which, which is, is fine while everything's going, still going. Yeah. Uh, one thing we, we just haven't 
uh, touched on uh, yet just as an extra. So your gold and your silver is tax-free. Um, so when you purchase it, you're not paying GST. Um, governments generally would like to get their hands on some of that, but it's actually got, sort of goes back to the fact that gold was the reason uh, money was printed in the first place, so it's a very tricky little area for them to, to step on. Uh, remembering, too, that when you put that money into gold or silver, I mean, obviously, we pay... We pay taxes because that's part of that's our business. That's how how we make uh, some of our money. Yes. Uh, but as an individual, as a as a mum and dad investor uh, yourselves, uh, you, you're putting that money into a safe place. Your, your intention isn't necessary to make money off it. It's always a nicety if something comes back from it, but that's just a nice safe place for you to put some money. So when you do come to sell it, if you if you're making a little bit or losing a little bit. You're not claiming anything. It's it's it is what it is. Mm. That's and, really useful, Ian. I'm dying to ask you. So, you know, so where do you hide your gold? <laughs> but I can't because then it wouldn't be hidden. But I'm going to now make it more generic. Where do you know that customers put their gold? What are some of the options they do use? What are we talking under the mattress? What are we talking? Yeah, yeah. So I think. Uh, Money has been hidden under mattresses for for many a lifetime. Uh, it's not, probably not that dissimilar way of looking at your gold and silver because your gold and your silver, in a way, kind of is like money. Um, you know, there's no tax when you when you buy it because it's kind of treated a little bit like as if you're just swapping it. Um, you're swapping out your money for your your gold and your silver. And as an example. I'll use one funny story of a very, you know, a regular customer who um, he lost about 40,000 of his silver um, in his garden. Um, what? He forgot where he buried it? it? Yeah, he was looking in the wrong area where he thought <laughs> he buried it. But his, oh, no. Uh, I shouldn't laugh, but that's uh, but, but it's good <laughs> rule trust number one. His <laughs> good and trustworthy friend came over to the metal detector and found it on the opposite side of the garden. And that, that was a happy ending, so they were all okay. But uh, there'll, there'll be there'll be plenty of that, and uh, you know, yeah, hidden, hidden in places that just just makes sense. And, yeah, that's really yeah. helpful. And so, so say let's take it right forward and say this financial system, which incidentally our government is printing money, and is being utterly irresponsible, as is America in printing on and on and on. Jonathan will explain more of this. But say it all collapses like a house of cards, that it could look you know, it's, it's looking more and more likely. What would I do then? Would I, would I go and dig up my gold and, and go into a shop and say, you know, I've melted this down into a gold coin. What will you give me for food? Or how would that work? That, what do you envisage? Very, yeah, that's very much perceived as so many new investors have come to me in the last couple of years in particular that uh, this, this is the general uh, perception is that I just need to be a bit better prepared because, it, you know, it may be that a, a silver coin might mean that you can go and talk to the market guy uh, selling his vegetables and get a month's supply or whatever it is relative at the time uh, because obviously a, a gold coin, well, you, he might give you a bit of his land. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a silver coin right here. There's a nice silver coin right there. <laughs> oh, Canadian, nice Canadian maple leaf. Yeah, oh, we'll, very, we'll very talk popular. about that, Jonathan. Okay, so so there's that possibility. I love I love one civilization. Was it the Incas? They their their currency was beans. Do you know why I love beans as a currency? In because anybody who stored too many beans and got greedy, like Bill Gates. He'd go into a storage of beans two years later and go, I've got all the world's beans, and they would have rotted. So mm. beans as a currency ensured that there had to be continual circulation of those of that currency, and it stopped the hoarding instinct that happens to certain very unwell human beings who need to hoard for themselves at the cost of others. But gold, in the meantime, is, is a really good option, it sounds like. What are some of your most frequently asked questions when people come in, mum and dad investors, wanting to know a bit more? Yeah, so definitely the ratio of maybe gold uh, and silver. Like, where would you go? How much gold would you get? How much silver would you get? Uh, sometimes the answer is as simple as, you know, if you have a bit of a liking towards one more, more than the other, then you get a little bit more 
of more than one than the other because everyone will have an opinion. Some people are definitely more silver buyers than gold buyers anyway. You know, big investors I'm talking. And then the opposite, of course, more gold than silver. Gold, uh, you, you are storing a lot more money in a smaller area. So it's, you know, one ounce of gold, you need nearly two and a half kilos of silver to match that amount of money uh, investment or storage. So you're talking space and you're talking weight. Uh, and, and let's talk money. What is one ounce of gold at the moment, Ian? What, so, what would I have to pay? Yeah, retailing, you're probably looking around 2750 to $2,800. Um, wow. So that, that gets you in. Uh, you're looking at a spot price probably of around 2650 2700 somewhere around there. And then you've got you know, the allowance of the uh, percentage that people will sell to you above spot and what they will buy back below spot. When you're putting the money in, it's definitely uh, not a get-rich-quick scheme because that's not, not what it's about. I mean, I'm sure there's some people that do that. Yeah. But um, more of it's this is a safe place to have some money. And... Looking at it as a option for you, uh, for instance, we are, most of us, uh, not nearly all of us, are worried a bit about how's this financial system going to hold up. And let's say it does crash and you've got a bit of gold and silver, well, you've kind of now got at least one other opportunity that may well provide you with uh, being able to get what you need to survive. This is really good. I'm going to reiterate here for anybody watching, we are not offering this as any kind of financial advice. Do not rely on this. This is three friends talking and you're seeing on, on Ian's screen, uh, his wife's name, Michelle, because Michelle's a good friend of mine. So we are just simply friends talking to help. This is the kind of thing we might all sit around in cafes or if we had any kind of open media, we'd have good discussions like this. But caveat, this is not advice to you. It's just something that can maybe stimulate your, your thinking differently. What other FAQs, what other frequently asked questions do you get in? Yes, yeah, so definitely a big one is, you know, most people think this is going to be quite a, uh, a, a big task. You know, uh, they didn't think half the time, well, when I say half the time, uh, for a lot of people, they walk in, didn't realise they're going to, pay their uh, bit of money for a bit of gold and silver and actually in many times just just walk out the door with it it's it's quick and easy or if some people are going for the first time it's amazing to see how much some people will put in to gold and or silver and for them you know let's say hundreds of thousands of dollars and and within a week or two uh, you know they've got it uh, it's in their hand so when you think of someone putting out that sort of money and then for a little period of time, they don't have that money and they don't have the product. Yes. Uh, but it's uh, it's like a lot of happy stories of uh, people I see. Uh, that The confidence in some people that they've been able to do this is, is uh, yeah, quite emotional uh, for them. It's like they feel a sense of relief. They've got their money out of the bank for some people. Yes. And they've got a decent amount of it into um, gold and or silver. I can totally relate to that at the moment. I remember when reading online that Billy Tekaika, who started that party at the last election, his funds were suddenly for no reason frozen in the ASB. And it's really put me off the ASB bank, which incidentally has also just been invested in by BlackRock. So people are not feeling confident in our New Zealand banks. We, we definitely have that feedback coming in often. If I was to buy, say, $10,000 today, I'm allowed to dream, um, and then tomorrow I went, I've forgotten that I have this big expense coming up. I need to sell it. Do I lose a lot in the give and take of that, Ian? In that short, in that short time, unless you're very lucky uh, with a change, uh, mm. yes, you're going to be losing some money. The amount you're going to be losing, though, is not going to be something that's going to knock you over. I mean, we did see in and around that sort of, in our business in the beginning of around the COVID time, and gold, when, whenever gold's shooting up and getting a bit expensive, we probably sell more because people get a bit of a, geez, I don't want to miss out, and it gets it gets a bit of publicity. Uh, yeah. But in actual fact, you know, gold and silver's down a little bit at the moment, and it's kind of the time sometimes people hang off. Uh, I think any invest, investment, and we're not giving investment advice, but um, you would buy low and maybe yes. sell high. Yes. Uh, 
but but yes, if you just put some money in, you and this is why we always say to people, uh, do not put in so much that you know you put in all your eggs in one basket and suddenly an expense comes up and you've you've got to bail. We we get people coming in and saying, right, I want a kilo of gold. So you've got ninety five thousand dollars, let's say. Then I'd say, is this your first time um, putting into gold? And they go, yeah. Well, well, let me get you 32 ounces for the same, if not less than a kilo of gold. Because if something comes up for you, and you only need to let go of a couple of ounces to yes. cover that cost. You, you don't want to be selling off a kilo because it could be a bad time. You're definitely going to lose a fair bit of money in that. Yes. So, so there are two ways you can lose because gold might have dropped a bit. So you might lose on what you paid. But what about the whole transaction fees? Do you what sort of loss are you are you are you incurring say on ten thousand? Is it I can't get an idea of that. Is it a few hundred? Is it is it a thousand or so? What what are you paying yeah, on transaction? Yeah, you're kind of looking between a sort of a, anywhere between the sort of uh, three to five percent on one side of it and three to five percent on the other side. So yeah. at, at a bad time you could be losing ten percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So on, on 10,000, you might lose 1,000. All right. Yeah, That's, but that would be extreme. Yeah, yeah, that would be extreme. But it's worth taking note of what, of what you've said twice now, which is put in money that you know you're not going to be needing day to day if you've got the bit of saving. Yeah. I'll be going straight up to buy a lottery ticket after this because... <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm going to get my gold purchase from. Um, no, I'm only joking. Uh, thanks, Ian. Look, that, that's really, really good as a start. Now I'd love you to put in your comments as Jonathan, wonderful Jonathan, um, mm. takes us through mm. what he's prepared. Now, the way I describe you, Jonathan, mm -hmm. is, is every man, but with a very special edge. You've got a brilliant brain. You are like all those brilliant Kiwis that I've been talking to online, on email, interviewing as many as I can, so many of our brilliant Kiwis at the moment are using our own brains to go down deep investigative routes, which is what real journalists should do, mm -hmm. proving that they've got metal as, as journalists when our mainstream media is not proving that at all. Mm -hmm. You have done that. You've gone deeply into what you call the Ponzi banking scheme. Can you tell me a bit more about your background and just, just what you've what you've what you've done and what's motivated you, Jonathan? Uh, sure. It started about a decade ago where I, I came across a guy called uh, Mike Maloney, maybe about 2010. I picked up a book on precious metals and he started talking about the history of the money system. So I'm from an artist background. So I, me and money were traditionally like this, you know, garlic <laughs> and, and, and the vampire. I had no concept. But when something's kind of a scam, I kind of like to know, well, why is it a scam? And so his book just painted out how the scam of the banking system operates. I was like, ah, oh, this I can understand. So I started understanding from the outside in rather than going in and going stocks, bonds, this, that, you know, which is, you know, yeah, it was more about how they're keeping people, um, keeping people away from the right information, uh, how they're printing money and how they boom and bust economies. That's what kind of pulled me in. What? You mean the boom and bust cycle is managed no, they 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 are managed by the banks well, this <laughs> and, is what and, uh, people are waking up to with the whole covid yeah. thing with the monkey pox thing ramping up we're watching how michael baker is the mouthpiece at the moment for what our dern wants to wheel out we can see how how managed and manipulated it all is mm -hmm. but are oh, you yeah. telling me money we're certainly seeing that with covid we're seeing it with climate mm -hmm. change a lot of us mm -hmm. oh that's a manipulated crisis are mm -hmm. you saying with money that's been yeah, part of how the populace current, has been currency yeah wow by, by printing and they create booms and they create busts and then and when everything busts the banks just come in and they sort of take the assets like in a monopoly board game my like, god you can't pay your you can't pay your mortgage okay the bank the bank who magically printed zeros and ones on the computer screen to give you half million dollars you know five hundred thousand dot 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 and you spend your whole life working for these zeros and ones and then you can't pay your mortgage one day they go well okay well now that's ours you know and yeah. blackrock are coming in and they're like the you know i'll take everything on the, yes. on, on the craps on the craps table and that's no exaggeration we now know that yeah. someone like bill gates who's who's right into investment in blackrock mm -hmm. um he's now the biggest landowner of farms oh, in america yep. he is literally 
gobbling up yeah. land in America and would gobble it up so. around the world. Yeah. Can you take us through then, Jonathan, on the basis of this extraordinary journey you've done? Mm -hmm. Just take people through the from the beginning. What sure. can we all learn through what you've learned so that we feel more powerful? Where do okay. we start? I'll, I'll give you a very sort of uh, top-down perspective with a very, very broad brush uh, yeah. and, and a bit of a keynote here. What I love is at the end, I do know that at the end you're going to recommend different um, websites and different books to read and ways in which our um, people watching can actually empower ourselves. We can all empower ourselves. Correct. Yeah. So this is a um, $100 trillion note that was put <laughs> in Zimbabwe in the early uh, 2000s. So wow. Zimbabwe suffered a hyperinflation where, as Ian said, they just went print, 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 print. And it was uh, the money wasn't backed by anything. It wasn't backed by any gold and silver. They just printed it into infinity. And as they were printing, prices in the shop started going up in real time. So people had to print more to pay for the rising prices. So this is the most expensive banknote ever printed, um, $100 trillion. And actually, if you go onto eBay, you can actually buy one of these now for 400 US dollars. <laughs> I wonder what that would so have been worth. A form in, of money now. <laughs> I wonder what that would have been worth in New Zealand dollars or American dollars back in the day. Uh, would it have been I, worth I, about I'm a dollar? Actually, I looked at the charts. I couldn't find any charts from this era. No. They'd be hidden around. But. That unusual brown thing above the numbers. Can we just go back there? On the okay. right hand side, it looks like a, a single middle finger up in the air. It looks very alarming. Oh, yeah, it does too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just explain to people. I mean, I really want to get the basics of this. When you print a lot of money, prices of everything go up. But why is that? The more, the so, more. Yeah. So it's think of it. It's it's like um, it's like if you've got um, one silver coin here. And yeah. then, and then, which is, you know, the goods or the supply. And then suddenly um, the government's printed a hundred dollars and they've put it into circulation. And then, and then that hundred dollars is going to all chase the silver coin. So yes. Supply and demand, all that chases that one little object. Suddenly if the government just makes out of thin air and, and they print, we're going to print a million dollar note. Okay, great. I've got a million dollars okay, that million dollars is going to go chase this silver coin. And so, everything goes up in the wake of that. It's like a it's yeah. like a rising tide. Exactly. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And then they, they need to keep printing more to chase that same, um, that same good. Which is Not why I'm really a, worried about Grant Robertson with his, I think he's got a BA and I'm fine with BAs, but I, I know he's not an, an, an expert in the economy. Uh, I've really worried about him as finance minister because he doesn't seem to understand that one simple concept you've just you've just outlined. No, no, let's no, go. No, let's no, go on no. with. Okay. Let's go on with the journey of money, so more of us understand, okay. and maybe so Grant actually, could learn a thing if you really want to find out about the history of of a currency gone bad, uh, nothing's been more studied than the Weimar Republic uh, hyperinflation in the 1930s. So if we go back, um, do I have a mouse pointer? No. So if we go back and look in the uh, 1918 to 19 uh, to 20, you had um, the currency slowly going up. Okay. We're at this point right now. We're at the point of about 19, 19 and a half. We're about that point right now. And we're about to go into that 1920 bit in the New Zealand currency. You know, just if you were just to imagine. Yeah. And then Germany had a lot of debts to pay off from World War One, and they had this money and they go, okay, well, let's just start printing off all this money and just pay off all the countries with this, with this paper money. And so they just started printing it and then they just started sending that money all over Europe. And eventually um, that money all comes home to roost. So by printing all that money, people kind of lose faith in the currency and, uh, and eventually pretty pretty soon 1920 21 22 23 within three years a massive hyper um, inflation occurred to the likes of zimbabwe only in a couple of years see it's very exponential okay wow and then there's a hundred million dollar mark not as much as the zimbabwe though and, and what happened as just a result, i'll just i'll just stop you there jonathan yeah. my father you know married late and had me late yeah. he was in world war ii now he and a mate biked through europe and they biked through germany and I remember as a child, he was only, you know, early, early 20s, I think. He said that to buy a loaf of bread, mm -hmm. people were having to take a whole suitcase 
of 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 money of bills about, just to buy a loaf of bread we're, and we're about to show that and just a side note uh what you'll call this money here it's called currency and this is called fiat currency now history has shown um all fiat currencies end up debasing to the value of zero big fat zero they have a lifespan and then they, they die and we're at the point of um the end of the fiat currency system right now which we will go on a bit later fiat is really paper paper money or coin paper money made up yeah. fugazi fugazi i think fiat money was invented by the chinese uh -huh. um so here we go, uh, according to your father. So this is in uh, Germany, the Weimar Republic. Look what you can do with all this money, you know. Wow. You can uh, make kites out of it. You can <sighs> make sandcastles. You can even use it as toilet paper. Because it had no value, really. No value. Wow. And only a couple of years prior, one mark would buy, you know, one newspaper or would buy the loaf of bread. And only in three years, you know, this happened. This is a warning for New Zealand. Okay, yep. what's this, happening here? My God, there's and, that cart. Yeah, and this actually happens to all currencies. So, <laughs> why so, does uh, it happen to all currencies? Because eventually we end up with an incompetent government, as we have in New Zealand, who can't manage it. Yeah. What they do is they go, okay, well, we need to pay for more services. Let's print more money. So let's flood flood the market with more of this paper money, thinking that they're creating wealth, but all they're doing is just diluting. They're just diluting the currency system. The goods are still there, but it's just this diluted currency has to find a home. Like Can a we just cut back, Jonathan, to Ian's point earlier about gold? We used to have the gold standard. So in Germany, there was no nothing backing this money. Is that right? There was no Correct. gold backing this money. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. And if um, and we had what was called the gold standard, uh, called the um, Bretton Woods system, but eventually that gets corrupted too, and we can talk about that a bit later. So here we have, and this is only, um, this article is more than three years old. This was about maybe 10 years ago. So Venezuela, they had a, a socialist government that basically ended up controlling everything. And then they did their money printing. And Venezuela, you know, sits on a lot of oil. It sits on a lot of commodities. It's actually a very resource-rich currency. But due to mismanagement by the government, this is what they did. And now in Venezuela, it's dog eat dog. And a lot of people leaving Venezuela, they're making their way over the borders um, into, I think, Colombia. I think probably a lot made their way over the borders into the United States. But they're, they're leaving the country. 14 million for a chicken. And okay, I have to no, say, I... if I was being eminently practical, Jonathan, if I really wanted value for money, I'd keep the worthless um, paper money and use that as toilet paper rather than... Have That's far less idea. actual paper. That's a really good idea. <laughs> I went to um I went to Cuba actually. I've been several times in Cuba, and they have their their money, which is kind of like this. It just it's just worthless. And then they have printed another money, which they have sort of tied to the United States dollar. So there's actually two currencies going on. One for the tourists, which is this this kind of one that's kind of tied to the dollar, and one for the local people, which is kind of like this. So there's wow. a, a dual economy, a dual currency system going on. So let's go to the next one. Ian, any comments so far from you? What are you feeling watching all of this? Yeah, I do just remember one story that matches that one quite nicely about when Greece uh, ran into the trouble they did where a guy had to pay a bill with the bank. So he took a wheelbarrow full of money down to the bank and he went inside the bank. When he came outside, the wheelbarrow was gone, but the money was still there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what year would that have been in yeah. so, uh, the grease so, crash yeah. yeah so this is something i just uh i found off the internet just the other day this is the so we're all hearing now about inflation 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 they're all piping it into the to the human mindset now yeah another now, way to create a lot of fear and confusion which is what they're yeah. all about Absolutely. Now, if uh, you can go online and you can start researching what's happening on in Lebanon, they were the first ones to sort of go where now they don't have power most of the day. Uh, it uses all their resources, all their hard earned energy just to buy a, a can of food. Okay. Because all the food now has gone up so far in price. So, this is the inflation, I guess, maybe over per year. So, Lebanon, everything goes up 200%. 
Sudan, wow. which is actually doing better than Lebanon. <laughs> Zimbabwe, it's going up 200% a year. Um, not uh, not a trillion dollars a year, which is kind of nice to see. Uh, Venezuela, so there we go. Syria. So we're having all these quote unquote developing countries that are kind of imploding. But Venezuela was a very first world country just a few years ago. Look at that. Uh, We've got Sri Lanka at about what? About 10, number 10. Uh, so fifth, fifth, yeah, it's number 10. And we're, we're going to go into Sri Lanka. We've got. Have we uh, got Argentina. New Zealand there? I can't see it. No, this is everything over 15%. Okay. okay. And these are, um, these are official government banking statistics. And so you have to sort of take them with a grain of salt because they always try and make things look a bit better than they are. Man, so, that, that, that is not looking good. If that's a, the best version for, yeah, for yeah. poor old and Lebanon. This, and then so look, there's Cuba, which is sort of down to about 15, Haiti, um there's russia 15 percent, but russia's actually doing i think pretty good now so we'll, we'll talk about that soon so you know that's this about is, five from the bottom interesting yep. chart yeah so this is this is the beginning of 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 something that's about to get a lot worse based on historical data okay and when you start getting hyperinflation um when i heard that when you spend maybe more than 40 percent of your wages on food something to there's a there's a number that's when protests kick in okay yeah so if you're more than 40 percent of um your money is going on food or currency you're going to be getting this so, and what and what we need for that picture in new zealand to all our police is those ghastly police behind their barriers and all barricaded up supporting a tyrannical incompetent government in lebanon what they need to do and our new zealand police is put down your badges put down the the shields and join the people against the incompetent government who are going to ruin your children's lives as much as the lives of, of the children of those brave protesters. I'll just put that in there, Jonathan. Okay, sounds good. So this is a, um, so China now, their banks have stopped people withdrawing money. So there's a bank run going on and China is very much a cashless society now, but I just thought uh, I'm going to play this video. Ouch. What, these are people rushing the bank, trying to get in. Yeah, they're there. Let me just play that again. Yep. Oh, let me go back one. So the government said to these people, well, you can't get your money out. You know, we're holding on to it. They, these banks have what's called a bank holiday where there's a crisis going on and they go, okay, well, we're having shutting the banks for a few weeks until we work out what's happening. And by then, when the banks open, what they find is that you have their funds stolen by the bank. This has happened in Argentina. Uh, it's happened, I think, in Cyprus. Um, bank, uh, you know, bank, they call it banking holidays. And this and, is what uh, happened in the 1920 crash, wasn't it? Back uh, in yeah, there'd been something going on. People would have wanted gold then to, as they're escaping the currency. But in 2000, the Argentinian peso crashed and they, they shut the bank doors. And everybody in their account had a supply of Argentinian pesos and they had a supply of American dollars. And what happened overnight, Argentina turned their American bank account into Argentinian pesos, which was worth like about one-tenth of the amount. So everybody lost their pensions. Everybody lost all their savings because it just turned into toilet paper money. And people were like that on the street and just, you know, smashing the bank windows. Jonathan, is that, do you think a government in this part of the world could do that. There'll be people watching this going, oh yeah, but they're third world countries. You know, we wouldn't have that happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I would say, given what they've done with the mandates and the locking us down and the not listening and the mm -hmm. continually, um, you know, very secretive pieces of legislation that have been passed, mm -hmm. I would say this government is lining right up with doing something as tyrannical as that with the money of each of us. So right. caveat emptor, be, you know, beware. All right, let's go on. So we've all been hearing about what's been happening in Sri Lanka these last few weeks. You know, what, why it's happening. You know, there's, there's a lot of reasons going on. And one of the things I'm hearing is, you know, the World Economics Forum script is playing out in uh, Sri Lanka. But one of the results is, is that the currency has collapsed as well as, you know, lack of, you know, fuel and fertilizer issues and stuff like this. So the Sri Lankans have uh, overturned the government and they, they raided the parliament. Uh, the president's house, and you may be seeing videos of um, the Sri Lankans 
jumping off the balconies into the swimming pools. But here they are raiding the central bank. Wow. Trying to get their money out. Goodness me. You talked about the World Economic Forum. I was, I was somewhere yesterday with a young lawyer. And I said, do you know about Klaus Schwab and the, and the Great Reset and the World Economic Forum? And seriously, she's a highly intelligent woman in her 30s, young family, should be educated. She said, no, don't know anything about that. Are we going to, are we going to cover off a bit of that, Jonathan, a bit later? Uh, uh, sure, we can talk a bit about that. So that's, do, you, that's... do you want to cover something now? Just, just as a little bit of an aside, people will have to research. There's so much. This yeah. is only an overview, as Jonathan said, because yeah. each of these conversations could, could take an hour. We need to really give an overview, and then it's up to each one of us to research. So what would you say about the WEF? Well, there, we there's, a, there's a script going on um, where a lot of these countries are going through a lot of turmoil right now. Netherlands is going through turmoil where the farmers are uprising. The Sri Lankan people are going through turmoil. We're going through an inter internal turmoil here. Um, Australia is going through turmoil with lockdowns. The UK um, certainly is getting rid UK, of their prime minister all around the world. Canada has been horrendously. Yeah, Canada, and we're going to talk about that. And there is one thing in common, the World Economic Forum. A lot of these people um, who are in power in Canada, UK, New Zealand, they're all members of the World Economic Forum and have gone to a training ground to be indoctrinated with an ideology through the likes of uh, Mr. Klaus Schwab. It all sounds too bizarre to be true, but the reality is the evidence is there. It's and horrendous. All, and and Ardern uh, was a, a star pupil among Klaus Schwab's Young Leaders Forum. You can look that up. Mm -hmm. And he has these young leaders supposedly around the world. Look at Macron, look at Trudeau, look at, look at Ardern. Mm -hmm. They're all interconnected. And it is just horrific what they've done. I saw a piece saying that back in 1971, three people, there was um, George Soros, the very, you know, corrupting, the man who's really corrupted the left in America and around the world more than any other person, Klaus Schwab and the ghastly Henry Kissinger, who was mm -hmm. in one of the most corrupt leaderships ever in America under Nixon, and a man with absolutely no empathy in, the, in, in Vietnam. He didn't mind how many young men got killed. He had no sympathy. They were no more than pawns on a chessboard. Mm -hmm. And these three ugly people got together and said, why don't we work out a system where basically... We can keep most of the world's wealth and, and have most of the control ourselves. It's, that is a super simplified version. But they've been playing it out like a chess game on us, unbeknown to us, with us trusting these leaders ever since. And there are people who are willing to sell their souls to those sorts of men. And it's looking more and more like Ardern is one of them because she was in Klaus Schwab's Young Leaders Forum. I'm going to leave it there unless you've got anything else to add to that summary, I'll just, Jonathan. I'd just like to make a side note that the... Uh, mentor of Klaus Schwab is Henry Kissinger. Oh, and he's the mentor to Clinton as well, yep. Hillary Clinton. And Klaus Schwab's father was a Nazi. Uh, was it was a Nazi in, in the army? So we're yep. just leaving it there. There are big amounts that you can research, but you have to yep. use your own brains. We can't spoon exactly. feed all of this to you, but this is a stimulus to your yep. own thinking, to your own awakening. Yep. Go and do the research. And if you think anything here doesn't add up, come back to us. We welcome open debate. Yep. We welcome different views. We welcome discussion, unlike this government. But there is something very odd that's going on in New Zealand. And just look at the amount of censorship. Look at the fact that no one's been told openly by the Prime Minister of 62,000 jab injured. Why are we having a medical procedure that's being so forced? It's all about power and control. Now, I'm going to leave that there for people to follow. Let's go back to the banking. Yep. We've so got back, here back Sri Lanka in crisis. Back to the top of the rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> so let me go. So we're now crossing over to Canada. Now, I'm actually a Canadian citizen also. So I, I also have an attachment to Canada. I used to live there. Now, this woman on the left is a woman called uh, Christiana Freelands, whose either father or grandfather was a Nazi war criminal. So just, you know, just aside. So... Canada, they really inspired the world to do the, um, the Truckers Freedom Rally. And that Truckers Freedom Rally inspired what was happening uh, now in the Netherlands with the farmers. And so it inspired happened? the Freedom Convoy in New Zealand and the Zealand, village yeah. in Wellington. So if, if you donated to these truckers back in Canada, if you gave them from your bank account, if you gave them 
and you sent it to um, the, 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 the trucker organization, your bank account was seized and they stole your funds. Okay. Now, That's and, horrendous. and they stole your funds. There was what that created was a bank run. Everybody started running to the bank and started pulling out their money because they knew, uh oh. And what Canada did is they showed their hand a little too early. But that hand is the script hand of the World Economic Forum. Okay. They showed that hand a little too early and then they quickly pulled it back in. They said, oh, 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 oh. No, no, you can have your money again. They backed off because people were running on the bank really, really fast. And that would it's have not, collapsed the government. Yeah. And it's not just, um, they actually went after people that held, um, who donated them Bitcoin too. And cryptocurrency, it's another, another, another topic we can go into, but with Bitcoin, your name is tied to a Bitcoin address. Okay. And if you donate, if you donated some money via Bitcoin, if you bought money from a public exchange, that's government sanctioned, your name is tied to that currency with Bitcoin or that money. So they started going after people who had Bitcoin and were going after their accounts too. So they quickly round, they wound it back. But what we have to know is that Canada and New Zealand are working in lockstep. Justin Trudeau, Jacinda Ardern, it's the lipstick on the same pig. Yeah. So, <laughs> And that's an insult to pigs. I don't like insulting yeah. <laughs> pigs, but I am telling you, we have been sold out. New Zealand. Yep. I'm telling you that it's this is not a conspiracy. This is evidence you can find online. Yep. Please listen and please research and please yep. wake up for your children and their children. So having your bank account seized is a good reason to have assets outside the bank, whether it be gold, silver or crypto or food or tires. People are investing in things that might be gaining value that people need, like vodka you know, yes um, and hard time. <laughs> so another thing that has been ringing uh around the internet for like the last few years is something called uh cyber polygon or the concept of a giant hack that will shut down the banking system now we just saw last week in um in canada the rogers cellular network went down and it stopped all the banking transactions for all the the, the pay point units around canada it was i think down for like a day so whatever stopped the you know it could have been just a test but they stopped the system for about a day in canada and so if we were to rewind to about 2020 or 2019 the world economic forum had something called event 201 which was about the staged pandemic and surprise surprise six months later then they came up with this one called cyber polygon which is a staged cyber cyber attack to shut down the banking system so people started going ding 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 i'm seeing i'm seeing a pattern going on here so these globalists like to sort of they like to sort of tell us what they're about to do in, in a weird kind of you know um sadistic way and they've been giving a lot of hints that they're going to lock up the the grid and the information system online and that locking up the grid will slow down the movement of money around the internet and it may stop you accessing your bank account there is that possibility. Whether it will happen, I don't know, but there's that possibility. We can't know, but there, there are a couple of things. That, that for some weird reason, it seems to um, be a salve to their absolutely corrupted, um, they don't have a conscience. I, I don't know what I'd call it. It seems to salve their souls. I wouldn't say they have souls. So this is yeah. difficult to find the words. If they give indications of what they're about to do. Maybe they just like to chuckle behind their very gnarled hands at the world, <laughs> yeah. falling for their dupes, for their tricks over and over again. And we're not going to fall for them, but they like to laugh at us almost by giving little hints. It might be, mm -hmm. I've noticed a lot on Netflix, you know, there'll be films or there'll be content. Mm -hmm. There'll be a documentary about Bill Gates, you know, mm -hmm. trying to soften us up. But there's there are indicators all the way through of what mm -hmm. they're going to do. And it seems to... Um, absolve them of some responsibility so that maybe later they can say hey we warned you but you didn't get the warning we are warning here yeah. and the other thing i think jonathan it it puts the populace right on edge what's going to happen people are very mm -hmm. jumpy here at the moment will mm -hmm. i do and lock us down again and they're mm -hmm. forgetting that we are the power they are mm -hmm. nothing without us giving them power i don't give her power over me 
-hmm. And if the police stop giving her power, if they side with the people, then these are just politicians crying into the wind, aren't they? They've got no power, really, unless we give it to them. But they they try to make us feel very shaky and powerless, but we are powerful. So I'll leave that one there. That's interesting. So Cyber Polygon is done by the system, Jonathan. Is that right? Yeah, it's done. It's done by the by the. It's a deep state. It's a deep state system. It's a deep state. Whatever it is. So there's something going on here in the background, and then they'll look for a, a patsy of why it's happening, and then the patsy seems to be, you know, Russia, 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 Russia hackers, Russia this, Russia that, or Chinese hackers, or yeah. North Korean hackers. There's always a narrative of, of why it happens. You know, could um, that be true? Could it be Russia? Um, I have, I come from the, uh, now opinion, whatever is spouted in the meat in the mainstream media, uh, likely question it's probably going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tip it upside down. Yeah. yeah. It's been a long so, time since um, I've looked at mainstream and thought, oh, that's the truth. So we all think, wow, my bank, you know, too big to fail. My bank won't fall over and all this kind of stuff, you know, banks come and go. Okay, so in 2007, there was this uh, banking sort of brokerage house called the Lehman Brothers, and they all got a bit greedy and they folded, you know, they, they, they went down with a crash. And then the other banks went to the government and says, hey, uh, Mr. Bank, can you give us, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to bail us out or else we're going to fault. And so, and so the government prints money, which again brings up the prices. Okay, so we're we're at the point, the precipice of a a banking crisis. There's a lot of cracks showing, and a lot of people are actually having bets of which banks are going to go down first, and and what part of the world will this banking crisis start? Will it start in China? Will it start in Europe? Will it start in USA? I think us in New Zealand, we're just like you know the the edge of this whole vortex of of chaos that I, I suspect is going to be coming this slash next year with the banking system um people thought it was going to be happening a couple of years ago but it's they seem to be dragging it on okay so anyway and jonathan it's a it's a manufactured crisis that's what we have to remember it's world economic forum manufactured to bring the world to its knees financial needs so we are then dependent on these people who come in let's have it we'll we'll get down that we are now at the end of a of of a of a monetary 50-year monetary system which kicked off in 2000 uh which kicked off around 1972 or three with the with the the birth of the petrodollar through um through kissinger we can talk about that a bit later so we're at the end of this this section of of money you know using this this fiat dollar system and these globalists whoever they are 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 trying to crash the system through masses amounts of of printing and just destabilizing it because They've got something waiting in the wings that they want to bring in a whole new system. Right. It's quite speculative of where it's going. Um, there's a lot of talk about a lot of chatter, but it seems to be based around carbon credit system, you know, uh, money that's on the blockchain, central bank, digital currencies. And that's that's a, a long conversation in itself. But which sounds not so bad, but it's yeah. but you've got to see the big flashing red light, which is control, control, control. Because yep. if that happens, they will, yeah. they will have control of us. And they'll have control over the money printing still. Yeah. And they'll control and that, over what that banking crash when the when the banks went to the government in America, it was Barry Obama, Barack Obama, who's been so successful with his PR spin like I do oh, yeah. in the media, was Barack Obama who bailed out all these corrupt bankers and all these corrupt, corrupt drone people. Bomber. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just put that there. Barack Obama yeah. also, like Jacinda Ardern, is not is one of those leaders who's not what they seem. Leave yeah. that okay. there. Let's we're, have a look at gonna, our charts. We're going to show some charts. Okay, so let me get out of that. And let me uh, share another screen. And any comments from you? Because Jonathan mentioned, you know, the the, the the dollar was linked to to oil, wasn't it? After the gold standard. Yep. So I, I think it comes back to that diversity of, you know, looking after yourself and keeping yourself safe. Um, yeah which is preparation, doing your own research. Jonathan's doing a great job for everyone out there to at least have something to visualise and chat about. And, yeah, people people got to do a lot more themselves, but just like with the whether you put money into gold, silver, Bitcoin, or anything, just making sure it, it works for you and that, yeah, you're not putting too much in one area, um, mm-hmm. but keeping yourself safe. 
Thank you, Ian. And we're not saying this is the truth. Look, I've just said, if you find something else and you think that it's different, that's great. That's you doing your research and you coming up with your opinions. That's what a good democracy is about. I'm not expecting mm -hmm. everybody to, mm. I mean, dare I say it, I'm not the one source of truth. This program is not the one source of truth. No. There could be many takes that you have on this. Yeah. We are just offering one perspective, but at least this will start to stimulate your gray matter in your head, your thinking, questioning, critical thinking, and you will go out, I hope, from this interview and go, I'm going to look at some of those resources and I'm going to question and I'm going to investigate for my family what might be best.